scripture this morning, would you, please, uh, would you please pray with me? Join me in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord, we come to you all in different places, physically different places, but all in emotionally and spiritually different places, Lord. But we trust that you meet us here. You meet us where we're at. You meet us and bind us together by the power of your Holy Spirit. We're reminded today of, today is the day of Pentecost, the day you first poured out your spirit and called your church to be a church. It's been around for 2,000 years, Lord, in very different ways, very different places. This isn't the first global pandemic the the church has had to face. We know, Lord, that you are the one who's solid and in control. So as we come before you today, as we come into your presence, open our hearts, open our minds to the way you, Holy Spirit, are working. Help us have, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, where the words you have for us today, and help us to respond to your call this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you could turn with me in your Bible to Jonah 3. We're going to read the whole chapter. It's not very long. Um, Jonah 3. Continuing this series that we have. Here we go. Jonah chapter 3, 1 through 10. Hear this word. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne took off his royal robes and covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation to Nineveh. By the decree of the king of his noble and his nobles, do not let any person or animal or herd or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now imagine if I did end my sermon there. I'm sure a lot of us would be really confused. There would be a few of us who were kind of annoyed 
there would certainly be a couple people who are like, you didn't even mention God. You can't call that a sermon. Well, it's because it is. It's, it's, not, it's a pretty poor sermon. It's a pretty bad job. But that's essentially what Jonah is doing in this passage. He's, he's doing this really poor job of following God's call, of listening and doing what God wants him to do. Right? We, at the beginning of this story, in the beginning of chapter 3, we, we, we probably find Jonah sitting on a beach. He just, he's thinking, I, I, no one's going to ever believe me that I spent time in the belly of a fish. And he's probably stretching because it was probably a little cramped and is, he's getting a little sore or, or whatever. And as he's sitting on this beach, just kind of collecting his thoughts, he hears the word of God again. And God says, Jonah... Go to Nineveh and preach the word that I tell you to them. And Jonah at this time is thinking, well, I tried running away. That didn't work. Fine, God. I'll do what you want me to do. But don't expect me to be happy about it, he's thinking. And he tells God. And so now Jonah's walking to Nineveh from the ocean. It's it's still a long trip. And he's collecting his thoughts. He's thinking about what's he going to do. Maybe he's still fighting with God along the way. I don't want to do this, God. Why are you making me do this? And so Jonah, as he's walking, he's reminded that a friend once told him about Nineveh, probably a, a place that he'd never been before, that Nineveh is this massive city so big that, it, you know, you need three days to really soak it in. And Jonah's thinking, that can't be true. Like, I've, cities don't get that big, do they? And as Jonah's walking, he sees the city of Nineveh in the distance. He's, whoa, that is definitely, that's going to take at least three days. It, it looks like it's probably three days to cross the entire city. That's how big it is. And Jonah's thinking, what a... Why, God, why would you make me do this? I don't want to do this. This is my, you know, my country's main enemy. I don't want to go there and share any words with them. But Jonah does. He continues to do it. And he's probably standing at the gate of Nineveh thinking, let's just get this over with. I don't want to spend any more time in Nineveh than I have to. And so Jonah walks in. And the Bible tells us after about a day, Jonah, he's probably standing on a street corner, some some random part of the city. He looks around. Maybe there's there's a shopkeeper sweeping. There's some kids playing in a couple people's apartment windows are open. And he thinks, well, this is good enough as any place. Let's just get this over with. And he says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Very apathetically. He looks around. People staring at him, confused. And he's like, all right, done. All right, God, did what I said. You did what you wanted. Time to go. Time to go home. And he leaves. That's Jonah following God's call, right? He preaches a sermon that in Hebrew is literally five words. Five words. He does the absolute minimum in order to follow what God wants him to do. He's trying to, it's almost as if he's trying to make it extra hard on God. And the question is, why would God even use this guy? Why would God use someone like Jonah, this crooked prophet, this guy who clearly doesn't want to listen to God and follow God? Why would, why would God even bother using it? Why wouldn't God just say, you know what, Jonah, forget it. 
there's plenty of other people who I'm sure would love to, to, to do what I asked them to. Or, or even better, I'll just do the easy thing and I'll just do it myself. No. God uses and decides to use someone like Jonah. Some apathetic, lazy, doesn't want to love his neighbor type of guy. And I, I don't know... Whenever I read this passage now, I often think to myself, wait a second. Am I like Jonah? We've been talking a lot in our series about, especially in the first half of the book of Jonah, we've been talking about running away from God, right? A lot of us in times in our lives, maybe currently, we're running away from what God has called us to do. Some of us are like Jonah in, chapters, in chapter 1, where we, we feel like we know what God wants us to do, and we do not want to be a part of that, so we run away. But the reality is, a lot of us can also be like Jonah in chapter 3, where we know what God wants us to do, we hear God's call in our lives, and we're, we're, we do it, but we say, God... I know what you want me to do and I'll do it, but don't expect me to be happy about it. Something that I have said more than once in my own life. All right, God, I'm willing to do that, but don't expect me to be happy. Sometimes we do the minimum to live out our faith. We do the minimum to follow God's call in our lives. Where we, we're just kind of apathetic about it, we're lazy, or we just really don't want to bother with it. It's just so much work. And so we decide, okay, well, just, let's just get this over with and do and like quick do it. Or even some of us too, and you know, I've been there as well, where we make it, we, we, we don't make it easy for God to be working with us, working in us, right? Where we, maybe we think that we're following God, but actually it's, we're, we're making it harder for God in some ways. It's kind of like when you see, you know, kids being dragged by their parents, right? That like the parent wants to go one way and the kid wants to go the other. Obviously the parents are winning out. And it's like that. Sometimes we're running one way and God's just dragging us along. It's like, hey, you're going you're gonna to eventually come with me whether you like it or not. But God decides to use people like us. Sometimes it's really confusing to us. But he also... The question is that God is willing to use people like those in Nineveh, too. People who feel, God, we're too evil, we're too wicked. God could never want to call me to anything. God wouldn't want me to follow him. I've done too much stuff in my past. So all of us have felt one way or another as if we're not good enough or we don't want to follow God. Or maybe we're not doing a good enough job to follow him. A lot of us have been like Jonah in one way or another, resisting God's call, pushing back against it, or not, even, not doing it joyfully. But God, God has plans. God has plans that involve all types of people. People like Jonah, but also people like the people of Nineveh, right? After Jonah preaches this apathetic, 
lazy sermon where he literally just yells it out on a street corner and he just decides to walk away rather than doing the hard work of going three days throughout the city. He just decides one day, one day is all I need, whatever, I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be. And he leaves that street corner and you can imagine the shop owner who's sweeping and sees this random Hebrew guy. What's he doing here? This is really far from Israel. Why is he here? And he hears this message that in 40 more days, Nineveh will be overthrown. And the shop owner responds. He, it's as almost like a wind blows through the city, a powerful wind that like, sets their hearts on fire. And they think, they, the people around Jonah, they hear this message and they think, this is a serious message. We need to respond. We need to listen to what this guy has said. And even though the message doesn't even mention God, they understand the people in Nineveh, this evil, wicked, unjust people, they get it. And imagine a game of Ninevite telephone where instead of the message going from person to person getting more and more confused, it gets more and more clear. And everybody, all sorts of people, powerful, weak, rich, and poor, everyone hears this message. And as it spreads like wildfire throughout the city, it even reaches the king of Nineveh. And he takes it seriously. He, the king hears and he thinks, oh my goodness, we need, you know what, let's make a decree. Write this down. Everyone, everyone needs to fast. So we, you know what? Better play it safe, everyone, including the animals. We are going to fast, because who knows? Who knows? Maybe God will relent if we show him we're willing to turn from our evil ways. And God does. God does. God sees what, how the Ninevites, the supposed bad guys, how they respond to God's call on their life. A message that the person sending didn't make it, make it easy for them to, to understand. God sees the Ninevites turn from their evil ways, so he relents. Instead of overthrowing the city with, with judgment, God overturns their hearts with the message that he has for them. A miracle that these evil, wicked people that God would use the worst sermon in history in order to spread his message to this evil and wicked people. It reminds us that God wants to use all of us. God wants to use all type of people. God calls all type of people to follow him and to serve him whether it's the crooked prophet of Jonah, whether it's those evil, unjust outsiders in Nineveh, God uses and calls all types of people to follow him. And God's not willing to do it the easy way. No, God often goes the harder way. He goes the way we wouldn't expect, whether it's, you know, asking Jonah, whether it's changing the hearts of a people of a city like Nineveh, or it's coming down sacrificing himself, where Jesus would die on a cross to save us from our sins. God often decides to do it a little bit harder. Do it the hard way. Do it the more memorable way. 
in order for his people to follow and serve him. The story of Jonah, the story of this guy really resisting and towards the end just fighting God's call in his life, it's one that I hope a lot of us can really relate to. But it's just one of many stories of God using flawed, weak, broken people throughout the Bible. Stories that show us that, you know, hopefully God uses people in the Bible who are worse than us. So he's certainly going to use us. He's certainly going to use people like you and me. He calls us to join him. What is, and not, and he, he offers himself. Jesus dies on the cross to save us from our sins. But not so that just we can kick back and relax. You know, and Jesus does most of the work, but he invites us to join in with him, right? Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus tells the disciples, go and make disciples. See, God calls all types of people enter to join in his kingdom so that he can use us to bring more people, all different types of people. You know, our neighbors who, you know, yeah, I guess we love them because we're called to, but we don't really like loving them. You know, the, pe- the people that are like, have the really loud cars that drive by 167th when, 162nd when your windows are open because you don't have air conditioning and it's like 2 a.m. and it wakes you up. Personal story. Those are the people God calls us to go and share his message of love, the gospel of hope with, so that they can be brought in as well. If this story, if this Bible passage reminds us of anything, it's that Nobody, there's not one single person that is outside the grace of God, that God calls all types of people in and uses all types of people to share his message, to share his gospel of hope. Would you please join me in prayer? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord, oftentimes, Lord, we know we struggle, we mess up, we, we botch the way, the, what we're supposed to do. We resist your call, or we reluctantly decide to follow it, Lord. But we know that you still use us. You still work through us. Even when it feels like sometimes we make it harder on you. Lord, thank you that you're willing to use us and you're willing to call all types of people to follow you, regardless of cultural background, regardless of the sins that we have committed in the past, regardless of what we look like, you call all types of people to follow you and to work with you in sharing and spreading your kingdom. Help us to find ways to do that this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue our worship with the song. Um, There's a Wideness in God's Mercy.